Jackie and Carol. It was beautiful. Let us pray. Lord, at this time we pause to clear away the thoughts that creep up in our mind that may distract us. We ask that you open our hearts to the light that you want to shine upon us at this time. The light that comes through your word, which is written here before us. We ask that you bless the reading of it, that you bless the hearing of it, and that these words will make their way into our heart. And that they will somehow transform us into the Christ-like people that you desire us to be. Bless this time that we have in your presence and in the presence of each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, the sheep, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roof columnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. And it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We've been going through the Gospel of John these past few weeks and talking about encounters that other people have had with Jesus and how these experiences shaped them. And we've been looking at this not just from like this third-person point of view, but but really trying to look at it in in terms of our, our own life and our own relationship with Jesus. How do we experience Jesus? Because the hope is that that experiencing Jesus isn't just a one-time thing or an occasional thing, but something that we experience day to day. Now, if you were here any of the past couple weeks, uh, you'll remember that Nicodemus came to Jesus 
And uh, that was two weeks ago, and, and he had questions for him. And then last week we talked about the woman at the well. Now, there was a big difference in the two of them. Nicodemus was somebody of, of uh, the utmost importance. He was a religious leader. He was a man. He was, some, he was someone who was very educated and very uh, well-rounded. And, and, and he came to Jesus uh, thinking that he had it all figured out. By contrast, we saw the woman at the well last week who came to Jesus and, and didn't have anything figured out. And she said, how are you even talking to me? I'm a woman. And not just a woman, I'm a Samaritan. And, and I don't even know if I'm worshiping at the right place. And the woman had identity issues. She had been outcast from her own community. She had had five husbands in the past. And so she had all of this baggage, all of these identity issues. And then Jesus gave her new identity. And so we see in these two stories, Nicodemus and, and the woman at the well, two very different endings. Nicodemus came to Jesus thinking he had it all figured out. And, and Jesus offers him the invitation, but we don't see a change in Nicodemus. We don't see him accepting anything or, or making a proclamation of any type. The woman at the well, on the other hand, left changed, ready to go back into community and ready to tell everybody about Jesus that she had met. You see, our identity is nothing without Jesus. We find our identity in Him. Because who we are without Him, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's never pretty. We can think that we're a good person. We can think we do the right things. But really, who we are on our own, when lost in our own sin and in our own selfish desires, is never pretty. We find our true identity in Christ. Now, that's not the case with all relationships. A lot of relationships, you can seriously lose yourself in a bad way. I knew a couple in high school. Uh, I met them in the ninth grade, but they had been together since the eighth grade. Their names were Ben and Brienne. And they were together in the eighth grade and the ninth grade and the tenth grade and the eleventh grade and, and the twelfth grade. All through the last part of middle school and high school, they were dating. And everybody knew Ben and Brienne were going to get married because you never saw them apart from each other. And then, one, and I was friends with both of them. But one day, uh, halfway through senior year, Brienne just suddenly broke it off with Ben, and, and nobody could figure out why. It just came out of nowhere, and Ben was heartbroken. He didn't see it coming. And I asked Brienne, I, I said, "What's going on? What's this about?" And she said, "I've been dating him since I was 13 years old, and I don't know who I am without him. And here, here I am, 18 years old. I need to figure out who I am without him." And that makes a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense to me back then. And sometimes that can happen in relationships. We can lose our identity in the other person. And when we do, it can be a very scary feeling. But when we experience Jesus, when we are in, in relationship with him, it's the opposite. The more we lose ourselves in him, the better we become. Because the more attached we get from him the more we lose who we're truly supposed to be. You see, the identity that we discover in Jesus Christ is the identity that God created us for. And it's only when we turn to Him, when we lose ourselves in that relationship, that we can become the person that we are meant to be. Now this week in this passage, we see an experience. Someone else had an encounter with Jesus. And, and like the other experiences, I think that we can take this and say that this is probably similar to something that we may have experienced in our own lives or at least will at some point. 
Now, the first thing that you'll notice in this passage is that Jesus healed somebody. That's the obvious thing. Jesus goes by the pool and he healed somebody. He sees a man that's been there, lame or crippled for 38 years, and Jesus heals him. That's the obvious part. The not so obvious part, and you have to kind of read between the lines to see it, is that the person Jesus heals seems to be very ungrateful about it. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. But Jesus walks up to him and he asks the man, do you want to be healed? Now, if you had been laying there for 38 years, you would think the answer would be a resounding yes. I would love to be healed. But Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And the man starts with these excuses. Well, I I can't ever get to the pool. Every time somebody takes me to the pool, somebody else steps down in front of me. And he just, he never answers the question. He gives these excuses. He makes allowances. But Jesus heals him anyway. And then after he's been healed, he goes and he takes his mat. And the religious leaders say, why are you dragging your mat on the Sabbath? And again, you would think the man would be like, because I've been healed, because I don't have to lay on it anymore. I'm going home. I'm getting out of here. But no, the guy says, well, that guy who healed me told me to do it. And he deflects blame onto Jesus. And then when they say, well, who healed you? He said he doesn't know. But then once he finds out when he sees Jesus in the temple, he turns around and he goes and he tattletales. He goes and he tells him, he said, There's, that's the guy. That's the guy who healed me and he told me to drag my mat on the Sabbath. And so at this point, when you, if you're reading it, if you're really paying attention to how this guy acted or reacted to the healing, you're probably thinking, well, that's sorry, Joker. I mean, I know that, that was my first take when I really started looking at this. I mean, he just seems so ungrateful. But we don't see that anger coming from Jesus. We never see it. The reason why is because we see something else from Jesus. We see compassion even when it's not deserving. Now, there's a few big takeaways from this. The first is that God's power is not limited by our lack of faith. Now, you hear people say that sometimes. You hear people say, if only I had had more faith, this wouldn't have happened. If only I'd had more faith, I would have gotten better. Or if only they had had more faith, God would have healed them. Now, Jesus does tell his his disciples they need to have more faith. He rebukes them for not having faith. And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But God's power is God's power regardless of how much faith we have. I mean, as he said, if we won't cry out to him, he'll make the rocks cry out to him. God's will will be accomplished one way or another. We should have faith. He rebukes us for not having enough faith. But our lack of faith is not going to keep God from doing his will. And that brings us to the other point. God's compassion is never deserved. We never earn it. We never deserve it. He never shows us compassion or healing or anything like that because we deserved it. And and we have this tendency sometimes to think if we can muster up enough faith within ourselves then we can earn God's compassion. No, that's not how it goes. God's compassion is what it is. God's compassion is never earned and it's never deserved. 
Now, our tendency to read this about the man who was healed and who seemed ungrateful is, is it might be to get angry. And, and if you feel that way, if you get angry, it might be because at some point you've been burned. Maybe you helped somebody out and they were ungrateful. Maybe you gave something to someone and they, were just, they, they complained about it. And I've been on the receiving end of that before. It's no fun. And it makes me angry sometimes when I try to do something nice for somebody and they, and they don't appreciate it or maybe even throw it back in my face. But we can all identify with that. Can we selflessly identify with the man who was healed? Let's take just a moment to honestly try to identify with him. Because as, as I said, like the other experiences we've talked about in John before, we can relate to this. And the reason why is because we have all received God's mercy, God's providence, God's grace and his healing, even when we didn't deserve it. And I would venture to say that all of us, after receiving God's blessing, probably weren't at some point as grateful as we could have been. Or as we should have been. All of us at some point have probably been this man. Who experienced God's healing. Who experienced God's blessing. And then just went about our way. Never thinking twice about it. Now I don't want to get too much on uh, uh, reflecting on the past. Reflecting on the past is good. But the point of this series is really for us to experience Jesus now and going forward. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, everybody, uh, close your eyes. I think some of you have a head start on that. Uh, everybody, go, go ahead and close your eyes and, and, and think to yourself right now, what is one area in my life where I need to be healed? It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be a temptation. It could be a vice. It could be anything. Just, just whatever. Right now, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, ask God to bring to your mind and bring to your heart one area right now where you need to be healed. And as you imagine that, as you think of that, as you pray for God to reveal that to you, hear the voice of Jesus say to you right now, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Okay, you can open your eyes now. Please open your eyes now. <laughs> With healing comes interruption. With healing comes sometimes inconvenience. This man had laid by the pool for 38 years. This was a drastic lifestyle change for him. Jesus healed him and blessed him and forgave him. But his life, his world was turned upside down by it. And maybe that's why he wanted to make excuses or allowances. And maybe deep down he didn't really want to be healed even, even if he thought he did. And it's because he knew that there was going to be a surrender of his old life. The man at the pool was simply inconvenienced by this. But blessings sometimes do bring inconvenience. Blessings bring interruptions. Things that we're not happy about sometimes, but can turn out to be for the best. Think about a newborn baby. If a baby is born, it is a blessing, right? It is a blessing to you and to your family, and you love that child. It is a new life. But think of all the inconvenience that comes with that. 
All of a sudden, your grocery list changes. You're spending more on things that you weren't buying before. You're not getting nearly as much sleep. You're having to change diapers far more often than you probably were before. Although I don't know why you were changing diapers before if you didn't have a baby. But, but you have this inconvenience. You have this thing that all of a sudden, it's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing. But your life has changed. It's been interrupted. And when God blesses us, when He brings freedom, when He brings healing, when He, when he allows that compassion that we don't deserve to come into our lives, will we feel inconvenienced? There's a lot of things that a lot of us struggle with day in and day out, and we say that we want to be healed, we want to be forgiven, we want to be free of this. But in all reality, maybe we're clinging on to it just a little bit because we don't want to fully give it up. It would require too much lifestyle change. Now, I don't want the uh, Sabbath aspect to get lost in this either. The Sabbath, the, the, the Jews, the leaders, they were mad because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. But Jesus never regrets healing the man, even though he didn't seem grateful. And he never apologizes for healing on the Sabbath. What does he say? My father has been working, and so have I. He says, it's my, it's my job to do the will of the Father. God did not care what day it was. God did not care how grateful the man would be. The will of God was going to be accomplished. And what was that will? To show mercy and to show compassion, to bring love and to bring healing even if someone didn't deserve it. When we say that we want to experience Jesus, we are putting ourselves on the receiving end of God's blessings. But be mindful. Jesus does give a command. He says, go sin no more. In other words, Jesus can offer you tremendous blessings. He can offer you freedom. He can offer you healing. But when He does, we are to live as those who have been healed. We are to live as those who have been blessed, those who have been forgiven. No more excuses. No more allowances. No more lying around in the comfort of our own sin and our own sickness. Are you ready for that? Do you want to be healed? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that there are so many times that we have partially let go of the things that we long to be healed from. Simply because we realize the drastic lifestyle change that comes with your blessing. For all the times we may have done that, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We ask today for the grace, for the strength to do what is your will to leave that old life behind, to, to get up from our mat, to not be content to lie around in the comfort of our old life, our sin, whatever it may be, but to just simply receive your mercy and your compassion and let it transform us. Lord, we ask that you continue to transform us day by day by day. For your transforming power, that transformation is where we find ultimate freedom and ultimate healing. 
We pray all these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please turn with me in your hymnal to page 12.